Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the next episode of Stories of Hope. This is um, Rachel Lassen, Director of Worship and Youth here at Hope. And I am joined here by one of my dear friends um, and fellow Hope attender, high school teacher extraordinaire, Joanna Rognes. Joe, say hello. Hello, everybody. Joe, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Never once. Okay. So this is the first time. Awesome. Great. Well, we're excited to hear your story and how the hope of God comes through it. So I just want you to give everyone just some basic information. Like, where did you grow up? What's your job now? How did you get to St. Cloud? Um, And those specific things. And then what you do in St. Cloud now. Yeah, so I grew up um, in South Dakota, right on right on the Minnesota border um, of South Dakota, and I lived there for my first 17 years um, of life. And uh, then I was, my family was called to um, new new jobs for my parents, and I switched mm-hmm. um, before my senior year of high school, and attended Battle Lake um, High School in kind of the Fergus Falls. Um, Alexandria area. So I graduated from high school there, but didn't uh, didn't really grow up there most of my life. Um, from there, I went to college in Moorhead at MSUM and got my degree in math education. And from that, I uh, got a job at Tech High School, which is where uh, I'm currently teaching math um, now. That's right. And okay, did you and me move to St. Cloud the same year or was it a year apart? Nope. It was, it was the same year. I think you were maybe just a couple months ahead of me. Yeah. So what was that? 2016? Yes. Yes. And you started coming to Hope in 2016, right? Yeah. It was about October, if Mm -hmm. I remember right, about October of 2016. Okay. So I always think it's interesting to tell people like how you got connected in Hope. So you came on a Sunday morning and what was like one of the things that got you connected? Do you remember what one of those moments was? Yeah. The, the first Sunday I came, um, Rachel, you weren't here. You were on a youth retreat. And so it was a very unique, uh, unique Sunday. I think we did a hymn sing maybe that Sunday. Oh yes. Um, and so I, I enjoyed it, but I knew uh, that it would look different if I came on a different Sunday. So I came the next week um, and uh, met a couple of people. Beth Kruger was one of the first people that I met. She invited me out for lunch, um, and I think you came with us to that lunch. And from there, yeah. uh, I just got to know more and more people, and that's, that's where the connection really came. Yeah, that's sweet. I always think it's sweet to see like who reaches out to who and how that comes to be. Um, and so you help and you are involved in a lot of different aspects here at church. Do you want to just list a couple? Because I just think it's awesome all the ways that you're involved. Yeah, I um, I am involved in youth. Yes, you are. And that's probably where I'm most connected, mm-hmm. I would say, where I have the most consistent connection. Um, but from there, I help out with a few other things. I'm on the Hope for Families team this fall and... Adopt a family for this fall. Shameless plug. True. Love True. It. Um, and yeah, I have been involved uh, in, I guess, the call 
call committee when Pastor Brian came. Oh, yeah. Um, and a few other just random projects here and there. Teaching Sunday school for the high schoolers. Oh, yeah, I did that too. Yeah. So I've just appreciated Joanna in so many different ways. She's come on trips with us, with the um, high schoolers, and just been a servant. And I've been so appreciative of that. Um, as we're just talking, you've talked a little bit about your family, but share a little bit more about your family. Um, and then I have a follow-up question to that. So go for it. Okay. Um, so my family consists of my parents and I have a younger brother and a younger sister as well. My younger brother is married and I have one new nephew just born in May. Yeah. What is his name again? His name is Anthony. Cuteness. Love it. He's the best. Are you enjoying the aunt life? I love it. I wish they were closer. They're like about seven hours away. So I don't get to see them very often. But when I do, it is the best. Right. Did you share about your parents that you have a mom and a dad? I did. I said I had a mom and a dad. Yes. Okay. Okay. What are they doing now? Because your dad just recently got a different job. True. Um, my parents just a couple weeks ago moved to West Fargo and my dad got a job as an associate pastor at Triumph West Triumph West Church in West Fargo so they are just trying to get settled now in the last week or two yeah so maybe this is a family member maybe this is not but I'm just wondering who was or is one of the most influential people in your life Um, As you think about just coming into adulthood in the last couple of years. Sure. I, so I had a little heads up that this question was coming. And so I was trying to think about this Mm -hmm. and the easy overview answer is my family, just because Mm -hmm. even extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins for all of my growing up years have played a really, really critical role in, um, in my development and in making me who I am. Um, but I came up with kind of two specifics for two different reasons. Um, and my dad has formed me in so many ways theologically. He's willing to have those conversations with me and talk about what are the important things in life and how do we, how do we wrestle with these things and how do we handle them? And what does it mean to follow Jesus and to, um, to think about things biblically in this world. And so my dad has just been huge um, in that. But as I was thinking um, even more, uh, I have a cousin who's about eight years older than me. Her name is Amy. Mm -hmm. And for all of my growing up years, Amy was my babysitter and she was um, the person who was in my life that was older than me and just a few steps ahead. And So she really, um, in some very practical ways, made me who I am. She was a math teacher for several years, and I didn't know it at the time, but I think that's probably why I became a math teacher is because I saw her doing it and loving it. And so in some very practical ways, in terms of career and that kind of thing, my cousin Amy has also been very, very influential in my life. Mm, Those are sweet. Yeah. And I think I've met both. Have I? Plot twist. I haven't met Amy. Maybe. I don't know that you've met Amy, but it's possible. I need to meet Amy if she's one of the most (laughs) influential people in your life. So um, that is sweet. I didn't realize that she was a math teacher. I didn't realize that connection. Yes, she was. That's very sweet. So there's no hiding that this academic year 
is a crazy show. True. Can you confirm? I can confirm okay, in and every you, way. Yeah. So everybody on the other side of this is probably like, absolutely. So you're a teacher this year, a fourth year mm-hmm. teacher? Fifth year. Oh my goodness. What? Doesn't it feel like we just started? It does. I, and yet it also feels like it's been forever. I don't know. I know. So, <laughs> well, at least you're a fifth year teacher. Maybe you wish this was your first year. But can you just tell us from your perspective... Um, as a teacher in a St. Cloud school, like, what has it been like? What has your experience been like? Just what's something you wish people would understand about what's actually going on? Yeah, I don't think it'll be a surprise to anyone. But the one of the craziest things about this has been that everything has to change. Mm-hmm. We don't just have to think about how do we social distance or how do we help kids wear masks or all of those very surface level things, but we are fundamentally changing the way that we educate kids Mm. for this year. And so, um, yeah, we have to, because we have to do more things online and we have to, um, we have to service kids in a way that we've never serviced them before. So we have to do that, but I don't know. Some people probably get it and some people maybe don't, but, um, we are fundamentally changing the structure of every classroom and every space in our school Mm -hmm. for this year. I remember talking to another teacher that, and I don't remember who it was or what the context was, but she was like, we never got trained to teach in a pandemic in college. Right. Does that resonate with you? <laughs> yeah, I think it does. I, yeah. I'm very thankful that this year is not my first year, that I have some experience mm-hmm. under my belt. Um, and I'm thankful that I'm not someone who's been teaching for mm-hmm. 50 or 60 years and Um, is trying to change things now. I'm very thankful that I'm at where I'm at in my life in this situation. Right. So when it comes to facing this year, and you've had some practice with it in the spring as far as virtual learning, Mm -hmm. um, what are some ways just as a church that we could come alongside you specifically as a teacher, a young teacher, um, but then also just other teachers? Do you have any ideas or ways that would be helpful? Yeah, I think um, if you're a parent, it's going to be huge that you just have patience with your teachers. Mm -hmm. We are figuring this out, too, and we have ideas that we think are going to work. But we all know that in the last several months, things that we think work don't always work as well. So Mm -hmm. um, as parents, if if you could just have have patience with the teachers, um, reach out with questions in a patient, Mm -hmm. patient and kind way. that would be huge. And and for everybody else, too, just pray for teachers yep. who are figuring this out for the first time and parents who are figuring this out for the first time and students who are figuring this out for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, we're all in this together, and it's going to take going to take some time to really settle in to what this looks like right yeah when I asked you that question I was thinking like cup of coffee or like a care package I wasn't expecting the answer of patience but I think that is so telling for the season that we're in I mean I think we all could be a little bit more patient to one another mm-hmm. because nobody that is alive right now has walked through a pandemic of this magnitude before probably Yeah. Mm. So um, another thing that we shared for a while, now I'm kind of like in a relationship. Um, But (laughs) for a long time, we were single. 
women rocking this world in our 20s. Um, and we bonded a lot over that. I am dating someone currently, um, but not married. So I wanted to, since we could both be here together, I wanted to just talk about what it's like to be um, young and to be single or not married. Um, and in your case, not dating anyone, I think. That's true. She confirmed it here, folks. She is, in fact, <laughs> single. We'll give them contact information later if they would like that. Sure. Okay, she's hesitant. Um, um, so going back to us being single in a pandemic, um, what is, I just want to talk about that and shed some light into, you know, lots of people have been stuck at home with their families and mm -hmm. there's challenges with that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also unique challenges, I think, when it comes to navigating a life of being alone. And I'm just wondering what that has looked like for you. I've know I know you've done a lot of different traveling and things. So just give us a glimpse into your world. Yeah. Well, um, so I live alone. I have a, I guess I have a roommate, but, um, she kind of usually lives upstairs and mm -hmm. I live downstairs. And so, um, we don't see each other or cross paths a whole lot. Um, and so when I kind of saw that this might be coming, um, or maybe got confirmation was when it was kind of made official that this was coming. But, um, I went to my parents' house and I, in a sense, moved back home mm -hmm. <laughs> for several months, um, and taught in the spring, uh, with my parents and, or in my parents' house. Um, and that came out of just a realization that I would be living alone in my basement uh, without the ability to hang out with people and uh, be places a whole lot in these, in at the time, what I thought was shorter amount of time than maybe what it is. But um, I, I went back there because I knew I knew that that was going to be the connection and I am someone, um, I think even more, I know everybody craves connection, but I think even more than others, I'm an extrovert. I'm out there. I need, mm -hmm. I need that human contact and that connection with people. And so, uh, so I moved back home for the spring and this summer I did move back to St. Cloud, but have done a ton of traveling to different family, extended family, hanging out with people. Uh, because I just uh, value that and I need that. And I don't, because I'm single, I don't have that uh, other person automatically built into my house. And so I have to mm -hmm. go out to find it and look for it. Right. What was it like living with your family as an adult who has been out of the home situation, the day-to-day -day life for like, what, eight years yeah, eight years, I bet. So what was that like? Uh, it was it was a lot better than what it could have been. Well, amen to that. Uh, yes, I'm very thankful. Um, I think it helped that I was working, so I had a job right. that took up um, a lot of my day. And it helps that I'm close with my family in a way that they we respect each other, mm -hmm. um, in that sense. So it was good. Um, but it was, 
in some ways also uh, kind of fun because I got I got to cook for a family again. I spent right. I spent time cooking and it wasn't just a meal that was for me for the next five days, but I got to cook one meal for a big family and we all got to sit at the table Isn't together. That the truth. And I am very, very thankful for that time. My sister was also home from Sweet. college during that time. So my sister and I uh, are four years apart and are not always super close mm-hmm. because of that. We were kind of an awkward age apart growing mm-hmm. up. So there were uh, probably a lot more challenges than really huge blessings from my sister, although we love each other dearly. Um, it was really fun to be adults together in the same house and get to know each other on a unique level in that. Right. So 2020 and the the end of 2019, I forget when it all happened. No, February. That was spring. Okay. Sorry. Just had to make sense of that in my quarantine brain. Um so this year has been nothing of what we ever planned, right? Our right. our plans went crashing maybe March. I don't know. <laughs> um, so you going back, living at home, teaching online. What is just a way or a couple ways in which you have seen God's movement in your life um, in a year that we had planned and then the plans completely fell. Like what has that looked like Um, for better or for worse? Yeah. Um, So one of the things that happened during 2020 and all the crazy that was 2020, Mm -hmm. um, I probably saw God moving, not in a, in the way of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, but in, in my own life and in my family life a lot of you who are listening maybe heard or um, or saw or read, but my nephew was born in May, and 10 days after he was born, they found a uh, lump in his leg that they determined to be a tumor. And so that whole time, and that was at the same time as my parents were transitioning out of their um, jobs and looking weren't a hundred percent sure what was next uh, for them in their jobs in that and and so it kind of felt like the the world if you want to say that of 2020 in a pandemic and a, everything was going crazy mm-hmm. and and then life in our own personal family kind of fell apart all at that time wow, and so yeah. um so 2020 was super crazy for us and not even in a pandemic way but in right in a other life and sickness and jobs kind of way that it all fell apart. Um, and so to experience God's faithfulness in, in all of that and to see, um, to see the incredible outcome that, you know, my nephew's tumor was ended up being really not much of a big deal. It wasn't cancerous. It won't turn that way. And my parents landed these really awesome jobs that they're super thankful to be in. But to get to that point and wrestle with, even if this doesn't turn out okay, even if uh, my, and it was horrible, it's horrible to even think about now, but if my nephew died at two months old from cancer, um, to come to grips with the fact that God is still in control and to be okay with that, um, and then to see his faithfulness on the other side and bringing, bringing us through that situation. Yeah. I know it's, I think for a lot of us this year and myself included, it's the first maybe times in our lives where we're like, wait, that 
isn't in my control. Like, <laughs> like I'm just, all these things I knew weren't in my control. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I'm like, wait, that can be taken away. Yeah. Um, and just, that is such an interesting feeling of vulnerability. I feel like it is. Um, yeah. So you don't have, the students aren't attending yet in person, are they? Not yet. Okay. I was wondering, and maybe you can tell us later on in the year, but just like needs that you're seeing, and maybe you have ideas, but just needs you're seeing in students or in um, other faculty members. What's the vibes you're getting as far as what 2020 has brought the school community? Yeah, I think everybody in the school committee school community kind of feels like they're just in a season of waiting yeah Mm -hmm. um now we have plans but as teachers we have all these plans but we can't really put them into place until students are there and we actually get to try it Mm -hmm. and parents are waiting to figure out what this is actually going to look like and how much work it's actually going to take for them to to get this all done and um so I know there are lots of needs right now, but I think the biggest need, if you want to call it a need right now, is time mm-hmm. to get things done and time to see right. how everything works. And um, yeah, it kind of feels like and I'm not predicting a storm, but does it feel like the calm before the storm a little bit in this season or is there a better analogy you can think of? I don't even know. <laughs> that's, that's true. We literally don't even know. We don't. Um, well, something I appreciate you about you, Joe, is that you are on our Hope for Families um, initiative team, which mm-hmm. is all about caring well for our families and just um, education and being the church and helping in those different areas mm-hmm. throughout this year. Um So I'm just interested as you, um, with the unique gifts that God has given you in perspective, what is some ways that you would love to see the church engage, um, with education, with families, and just with the world during this season of a pandemic? What would be some dreams that you would have for the church and our church specifically? Mm -hmm. I, I am a huge, huge advocate of love your neighbor, which of course that's Jesus's commandment. Of course I'm an advocate of that, but, um, love those people that are right in front of you. Love those families that you typically sit by at church, love, um, your extended family, love whoever it is that's in your circle, love those people really, really well. And that means ask the questions that they probably always get asked and are used to hearing, but it's always important. Ask the questions about how are they doing and what, um, what does school look like for you this year? And what do you need? And can I bring you food? And all of those like little questions that maybe don't seem like a big deal. I, I know are a big deal. And I know that people are, some people might be sick of talking about school and all these things, but I think a lot of people are ready to talk about it and willing to share um, what's going on in school can be a really easy entry point to to learning about who those families are right next to you. Yeah, 
Yeah. Love your neighbor. That's such a, it's such a simple commandment. <laughs> a lot harder to do. Right. <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, it's going to be very simple. Just love your neighbor. And we're all like, this is so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, I know you've been connected in like different Bible studies and things even throughout. Were you in Barb's Bible study this summer? I was yeah. when I could get there. Yeah. At her in her backyard. Yep. What has been like the importance of like church community for you um, since you've come to St. Cloud or maybe even in your whole life? Because I know you have been involved in church your whole life and that's been a big part of your life. Why, why is it so important to you to be a part of a church? Mm-hmm. I, f- church is where the body of Christ connects mm-hmm. in so many ways. And um, so I am a huge, uh, a huge advocate of corporate, re- corporate worship because it's so much more than just hearing a message or singing a song or whatever, but there's something really special that happens when we all come together and we all do it together. And um, for me, the honestly, a lot of Sundays, the most important part isn't even the the message or the worship or the anything, but it's the hug that I get from a friend or um, knowing that I'm seen and cared about and heard and all by people who worship the same God I do. And that's, to me, that's the most, one of the most important parts. Yeah. You and I have talked just being single young women Mm -hmm. um, about coming to church and specifically hope, how much it means for um, the older couple to come up to one of us and um, tell us we did a good job or give us, slip us that $20 Target gift card. (laughs) I mean... Is, has that been, that's kind of what you're talking about with connection. Yeah. And we've just talked about experiencing that together. Yeah. And, and so it's been so important for me coming out of college. Yes. Um, and so uh, maybe this is something to think about because we're so close to St. Cloud State too. But I remember when I was in college and everything while you were in college was done for college age kids. You were a part of the college ministry at your church. You were a part of the campus ministry, which was all kids your own age. And I craved when I was in college, a family. I craved having parent age people around me or grandparent age people around me or little, little kids around me. And, and for me, church was a place where I could, I could find that, that I that I missed when I was with the same age people through all of, all of college. And so that, um, that was another place that it just was really, really valuable for me to get that intergenerational. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I think you and I have really enjoyed about hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joe, who is Jesus to you? If you, if you were asked that question, I'm asking you that question. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Jesus to you? Yeah. Um, for me, when I, when I think about what are the important parts of Jesus or yeah. who are, the, what are the most important things to me about who Jesus is? Um, creator always comes up first. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's the one who can make it, then why don't I believe that he can handle it or deal with it? Um, True facts. 
And I think it probably ties in to that same train of thought. But when I think about he's sovereign, he's in it, he knows what's going on, he's in control. And I can trust in that. I can trust that he's ahead of any situation uh, that that is. And he knows exactly what's going on in my own heart. And he knows how the situation is going to end. And somehow he deals with that whole spectrum. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was, as you were sharing, I was just brought back to um, Hope Cove Youth on a Wednesday night when mm -hmm. you were sharing your testimony. Do you remember doing that? Yeah. Yeah, and I just, what's so sweet about Stories of Hope and just when people share their, their testimonies is that it sticks with people. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just reminded as you, you spoke so clearly about who God was to you that Wednesday night. And I just yeah. remember... Um, hearing from the teenagers how much that meant to them and just mm -hmm. how they were like, well, I want to, I want to figure out, like, I want to figure out my faith and figure out this. And yeah. that, that memory just came up when well, I, when thank we were you. sharing. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, Joe, I just want you to know how appreciative we are as a church to have someone like you involved with, um, your whole heart. And um, when you do something, you do it with your whole heart. And I so appreciate that. I've told you off mic many times that youth group would be very difficult without someone like you. And so I'm just so appreciative. Mm, but how can we as a church, how can we be praying for you specifically this next year, specifically maybe this fall? Um, I think as we go into a whole set of unknowns, whether I think that's school, but it's in so many other different aspects of my life too, I think um, a lot of peace and guidance in the unknown that's going to come um, this fall and beyond this fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's really where I'm, where my heart is being drawn right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, it's definitely an interesting season mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. It's hard to even put words to it. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for joining us for this episode of Stories of Hope. Yeah, thank you. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I'll do a plug for the families. Absolutely. Because these families need need someone to just come alongside them yep. no matter where you're at in life. So I can, I'll do a plug for that. Do the plug. And you're talking about adopt a family. Adopt a family. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is, I'm actually adopting a family, <laughs> which sounds kind of weird because I'm a 25-year-old lady. <laughs> but so if I can do it, weirdly, anyone could, right? Anybody can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it means a, it really does mean a lot to those kids to have somebody who cares about them. Right. So we're excited about that. If you have questions about how to do that, we'll actually put the link um, to sign up in the description. Um, but it's all available on our website. And we're trying to get all the families matched with an adopter by the end of September is my goal. So Sweet. we have a couple so far, but we are still waiting. Um, so this is your time to shine. 
Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Joe. You are so loved and appreciated. And I can't wait for people to listen and just hear some of your story. Yeah. Thanks. So thank you, Joe.